welcome to another episode of the Marvel Guys podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan, and sitting to my left is Spencer. How are we doing today? We are doing fantastic today. That's what we are doing. This is awesome. We have the Moon Knight finale recap that we are very excited about. And then shortly after that, in our real time, we will be uh, doing our Doctor Strange recap. So we got a couple things coming at you. If you're listening to this and haven't caught the other one, uh, go ahead and check it out. And I will mention the same thing at the top of the second hour for us. So Moon Knight season finale recap, show recap. We left off at the beginning of five and obviously finished off with the last moments of the series finale. So what were your what were your final thoughts and initial reactions? Um, my final thoughts were this was exactly what I had hoped it would be. Um, and my final reactions was like, you know, obviously like when you get to that post credit scene, you're kind of almost expecting or hoping that it would be that. And um, man, that it's it's tough to rank them all right now because of recency bias and all that stuff but my god this show is fun this was like this was probably my personal favorite show that we've had so far so yeah i mean i was left with just kind of a a wow factor um as much as anything that i've had outside of the loki series and it just led to one of those okay, where are we going with this moments? And that's fun coming off of a, an episode where, you know, we were thinking like, how do they wrap all this up and where are they going to take the storyline? They, It's like 43 minutes or so. Like, what are they going to do here? And kind of as always, like they emphasize certain things and, um, you know, do their best to shortcut through other things to give you the best episode possible. And they always seem to like, wrap it up in a pretty nice bow for us and so that's you know it's led to kind of some excitement based on the final you know credit scene which by the way i've noticed some people did not watch till the end it's marvel come on yeah (laughs) you know like yeah it's it's the series finale you know it's not you got to get used to the they don't have it at the end of every episode but they have it at the end of the the season so Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed when I heard people were, were not watching towards the end because I know it's been a little while, but you know, we gotta gotta get our practice in. So right. yeah, I love this series. Um it was it was so again, we talk about this every single time, but it was so much different than any of the other series that we had. Yeah. And it gave us a look into some of the more real world issues that some everyday people face. And, you know, it was an introduction to a character that 99% of the world had maybe never even heard of, let alone known their story. Mm-hmm. So we got a very in-depth origin uh, story, as much as you can do within a six-part series. And I think that led to some great storytelling within uh, episodes that really didn't have a whole lot to do with the you know final fight aspect that I really enjoy because I like the storytelling aspect of the the Marvel series. So if you were looking for nonstop action, you know this had a lot of it, but it wasn't you know just 
action porn like some of the you know mm-hmm. big blockbuster movies are that people fall in love with yeah but if you can appreciate a good storytelling i think you got everything you needed with this yeah this this series got into especially episode five it was like very 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 deep emotional journey um and i that was actually the one part of the show that i didn't expect was that we would get something like that in this series um you know i think in the comics it's just kind of um it's not really they don't go into that i don't think they go into that kind of depth with it but i'm glad that they did in the show because i think it kind of makes you uh relate or uh you you find something through those characters now with with that emotional experience and seeing their journey why they why what like why he does what he does and stuff like that so uh i i i completely loved this series for sure for sure um and like you said yeah it wasn't like non-stop you know action sequences and like these crazy over-the-top things and um you know it was also a series where it was kind of i guess hard to like kind of keep up with at times for a lot of folks um especially when we get to the finale um there was like a scene that was kind of like jarring and just kind of you're you're thrown right back and you're like wait did any of this even happen again you know but like I I think that they did a very good job of keeping that interest level and keeping that like on the toe like keeping you on your toes and not knowing what to expect around the corner um so yeah this would seem to me easily is like the best show that we've had so far but as you said it's also in its own genre so We've had an interesting link between the movies and the TV shows that have preceded them mm-hmm. uh, recently, especially with this one, because a lot of people left Doctor Strange, um, and we won't discuss that in this episode, but um, they left the Doctor Strange movie with similar feelings uh, to Moon Knight in that they were like, okay, so what exactly does this mean? I need to know a lot about this to understand that, and mm-hmm. what's a dream sequence, what's real? Like, There's a lot of similarities there and similarities within Hawkeye and uh, Spider-Man being, you know, based in New York city. And um, there's just a lot of interesting in- intricacies that maybe Marvel had full intention of, or they just keep getting really lucky with the coincidences. Yeah. Um, but I find it pretty fascinating how they seem to be linking movie to television series. I don't, I don't know if they're doing it quite on purpose, but it, it leaves the audience with, it's like serving Thanksgiving dinner and then having leftovers versus, you know, having pizza one night and then, you know, ice creams that does the main entree the next night. Like, yeah, yeah. you're back and forth real, right. you know, in a jarring sequence of food. <laughs> For sure. So, yeah, yeah. It, it was pretty, it was pretty fascinating. Like you said, so there's some parts that um, kind of leave to your imagination for now. I'm sure we're going to get some more answers for things moving forward. But the way they chose to end the series was really, I mean, Jake Lockley's reveal was like the major moment, mm-hmm. I guess, of the series, even though it was hinted at. Um, if there was like, there was no like big special cameo in this. However, that was the moment that I think a lot of us go, oh, so we just watched right. an entire series. It was really fun. It was a cool journey. But now 
like wipe all that from your memory because now we have Jake Lockley and this is going to take a turn. Yeah, this is, I mean, they're setting things up for the future. I think we were kind of, at least I was, I was wondering how they were going to tie this in because it seemed like, it, it seemed like, you know, they had hinted at a third identity, but they had also laid out this story that like if Jake or if uh, Mark and if, if Mark is successful in his mission, his journey, then he can basically be rid of Kanshu. Right. And with that being the story, it was like, oh, so how are they going to continue yeah. with this? Where's the powers? Where? Because Moon Knight wasn't going to be just a one off. Like they're setting stuff up for the Midnight yeah. Suns immediately, so I I was wondering like how they were gonna do this, and then I was like, oh, this third identity has to be revealed, and maybe that's where it comes in, and that's exactly what happens. And I thought, okay, this is really good because there was so much that kind of wasn't really explained, like how he got out of those situations, you know, like uh, when he's. I think it's like the first or second episode when he has the uh, the uh, scarab and he's like cornered by like six or seven people and they just magically die. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't really Mark, you know, that was doing that. That was Jake the whole time. And then you have the sequence where Mark wakes wakes up and he's in the apartment that's not his. That is... uh. Uh, what names? Oh my gosh, it's Steve? Mark and it's Stephen. Yeah. yeah, he wakes up in Stephen's apartment, and then it's kind of revealed that Mark wasn't even setting up Stephen to begin with. It was all Jake. Like Jake has been manipulating pretty much all of them at this point because they don't even know that Jake exists. So this is exciting. This is very exciting. So I'm very uh. Very much looking forward to like if we get a season two. I know it hasn't like been announced, which is kind of crazy, but or if they're just gonna jump straight into the Night Suns or or what? Yeah, Oscar Isaac already said that they're not doing a season two, so we'll see if that remains a hundred percent true or if that's Marvel speak. Um, yeah, usually I'm, they're announcing it by the end of the last episode, so yeah, I'm taking it pretty seriously. But I would assume that there's a movie on its way eventually. I would assume what they're going to do is probably do like Blade, have that series done, and uh, at some point in the future, we either get exposed to Robbie Reyes or Danny Ketch, and bang, there you go, you have Ghost Rider, and, you know, or you don't, you don't have to use Ghost Rider, it's just me <laughs> personally wanting him to be part of it, but uh, yeah, I think that's how they'll do it. We'll it feels like at this point, if we've seen a previous um, version of you in Marvel, that you're more likely to get a movie than mm -hmm. if we haven't seen you at all, mm -hmm. <clears throat> which you might think is a little bit counterintuitive, but I think if you've already, if the audience has already had a taste of you, they kind of would want more of you in a good version. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I could definitely see that. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting that you brought up like early in the season when he was like, beating up people because the insinuation was 100% that that was Mark and it's still technically could be because there's no official answer there but yeah looking back now it would make more sense that in those moments where it was like all hope was lost Jake must have been the guy to jump in there mm -hmm. um, but there's also that fine line of like well Mark 
Mark kills people. Yeah. Like it's nothing, you know, but I guess when he's faced with other really like expert killers or he's outnumbered or whatever it is that causes Jake to, to come out, um, that's when you see him poke his head out of the, the shell, so to speak. And yeah, I hadn't even given that any thought yet because it was so beaten into our brains over the first like five <laughs> episodes that that was yeah. Mark. That it was just the um, two. Yeah, yeah so it, it makes sense that Jake was like, do you need me now? Okay, I'm gonna kill somebody, um, but I'm not just gonna kill them, I'm gonna like destroy them and have their you know insides hanging off my wrist as right. you come back to you know yourself. So yeah, that's, that's really interesting thinking about where it, there was little hints along the way the entire series but less so of a hint and more of just like a watching it back who do i think this was at this time you could do a whole game of clue with that yeah it, it's it's fascinating i still so i haven't actually gone back and rewatched the series yet i'm sure i will over summer but sure um yeah it's going to be very very cool to like see those little seeds that they planted early on that we just weren't really like prepared for at the at the yeah. time because yeah you're, you're kind of like beaten over the head with this idea that it's just the two yeah and no <laughs> that all gets thrown to the wayside so i think that's really cool um and it 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 wrapped itself up i think to me personally like perfectly in that yes mark specter technically is still moon knight at the end of this whole thing and uh we get that you know uh great storytelling with mark and steven that whole thing wraps up they're like basically whole again and you know everything's fine there um but now you have jake to worry about and i think that this is uh this is going to be incredible to see how they do this in the future so yeah i'm gonna operate with the assumption that Jake is the third personality within the body of Stephen and Mark who have become like smart Hulk, like Stephen and, and Mark are just kind of operating together back and forth really quickly at this point. Mm -hmm. And Jake is still the guy that like sneaks out and is able to go, you know, drive around and do his chauffeuring business and whatever he's got <laughs> going on. Um, but to, to my brain, they didn't spell that out for you exactly just because of the way that the show completely ended, but that's just my my non-comic interpretation. So I'm going to just operate with the assumption that they're all still, you know, a three-headed monster. Yeah. And the first two know about each other, but they don't know about Jake yet. I think they both realize that there's something weird going on, obviously, because mm -hmm. in the last episode of how they treated that last battle and they both realized it was neither of them. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they balance that among other superheroes. Like I I don't quite know how they will be able to do that because it's it's one thing to do it when it's just one character you're watching at a time, but to see that played out with three, four, five, six, thirty other superheroes as a part of the same movie, that's gonna be. A task. So yeah, it's going to be a big task. I have a feeling guys. they're not going to be switching directors too much. <laughs> no. To uh, keep continuity, mm -hmm. it's it's yeah. going to be fascinating to watch that. I mean, I'm yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it. Oscar Isaac's going to have his hands full. Who for sure? You know, he's done an incredible job, and 
it's it's a testament to him that I didn't even recognize how good of he was acting because to me it was just second nature. It was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. He's just being two people. It's like, no, <laughs> he's being two people. You know? Yeah, yeah. He did a television show where he had to play two different characters, but they were the same guy. Yeah. And they went through two separate journeys. Mm-hmm. That's that's fascinating. So, I loved that. Um, what were some of the things that stood out to you? Whether it was in the last couple episodes or the whole thing, like what? What was some of your your best moments? What was what, what was over the moon for you, so to speak? Episode five in its entirety kind of hit home a little, little close. So like, there's like some uh, emotional like attachment, I guess, to that, in that you get like that dark history that he has, and like how he kind of created Steven and why he tried to hide it, why he's you know trying to like not. Because he's like basically repressing those memories and trying to forget it because he doesn't want to because it's a very difficult time for a child to go through something like that. But um, yeah, and, and like I said, I, I didn't really expect to have that in this series. So I think that that's probably the one thing that, that stands out the most uh, above all else in this series. It's it's that episode. That episode, if... if if that episode doesn't happen, I think that this show isn't quite as good as it is to me. What uh, do you know what they did in the comics with not like offhand. that story? Okay. I, I, I can't fully remember it at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering. Like, but yeah, I, that I wasn't expecting that do. for sure. Uh, there's probably some other like Moon Knight fan out there that's like, it's in the comics. No, but, it was, it was you know, cool. It, it it was awesome. It was yeah. I mean, I don't. I know absolutely nothing about like um, therapeutic responses or anything. I'm yeah. not going to pretend like I do know. But the idea of creating a, an imaginary friend or um, an alter ego or something to you know stamp or tamp down the the pain mm-hmm. um, makes complete sense. And and some people you know idolize athletes or celebrities or parents or family members that from the outside looking in, you don't see the same person and manifest in relationships where sometimes people on the outside can see how horrible something is. And when you're stuck on the inside, you don't have that perspective mm-hmm. and you create this being that exists only in your brain. And so we know like psychosomatic uh, symptoms are not common, but they happen. And so to see it in a, a superhero, um, or I don't even know if you'd call Moon Knight a superhero. He's a little bit different category, but to see him he's in like that anti-hero, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like Venom. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it was cool. It was cool to see that played on on the big screen. I mean, you you see that in some like TV series with you know psych psychological thriller type things, but. Mm-hmm. You don't usually see that within a superhero genre. So, and what I loved about it the most is that they didn't spin it into villainy, which is most commonly associated when we talk about like, yeah, like a psychosocial assessment or something like that. That's done on a character. It's usually done on like a villain character because there's like you know some sense of like narcissism or something that exists within the person you're studying or whatever. It's it's not it's almost always portrayed as something bad you know it's always portrayed yeah. as like a serial killer the batman villains yeah the batman some villains kind of odd thing going on yeah you know he's dealing with like stockholm syndrome and stuff there and so like there's it's always there's always some sort of bad connotation that's associated with like mental awareness mental health 
and like it was kind of cool to see it like portrayed in a different way he's not fully a hero like you said but he's also like not really a bad guy you know at the same time and you kind of see that with Wanda as well um although we'll get to that but like yeah it's uh it's very interesting man and I truly enjoyed that process that they that they chose to take so I think mine would have been mine's like double-edged because I really liked the Egyptian lore and the last you know two episodes where you got into the underworld and things like that mm-hmm. um, but I also would have loved to see more of that too because you know it's a TV series and it's short so there's only so much they could do, but I loved seeing the Egyptian themes uh, pop in and out and the deities and all kinds of cool stuff um, happening in, in pyramids and tombs, and that was a lot of fun. I knew going in that I would enjoy that, and coming out, I was I was right. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I liked the, the gods, the depictions of the gods. It's very cool. I thought uh, Harrow was a prototypical villain. Mm-hmm. like really well done um he has a he has a reason mm-hmm. and some would find it valid you know stop the pain before it happens it, it's kind of like what thanos you know was yeah. offering was very much do so. this one time pain to create this utopia um it's always in search of some kind of utopian society yeah for sure and for sure. um Harrow was a complicated, you know, former hired gun, basically. And he saw what he thought was the error of Conchu's ways and, you know, served a different master. So that was pretty cool. I, I loved I loved Harrow as a villain. He Marvel loves to have a villain carry a storyline and then another power usurp that villain in the final episode or the final act. Mm-hmm. That's a very common theme um, with Marvel, especially in the last couple. I don't know what you call it, phases. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. it was. That's like their another double-edged sword with Marvel is you get like this really complicated, awesome villain, and then like they just kind of bow down to the big bad at the end. So sometimes it's like a little bit underwhelming with that, but it's still he served the greater purpose of the, the God that, you know, he wanted to fulfill, you know, the destiny. So for sure it was fun for me. And I really enjoyed the, the anti-hero's journey. Cause honestly, Harrow probably has about a, if, if Moon Knight's 55% good, I think there's an argument that Harrow's 45% good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that's what makes this story so complex. You know, I think the connection to Thanos is like perfect in its own in its own way, uh, because yeah, they are searching for Utopia, um, which you can look at it one way, or you can look at it another. You can look at it and say that it's like a you know, uh, you know, kind of like uh, how people have done over the years with like Avatar or something like that. They're like, oh, it's great visually, but it's just a rip off of another story. And it's like, uh, you know, sometimes those stories are just good you know and you know there's a connection to that story that we experience and kind of nice to be reminded of it you know that like yeah but uh (laughs) uh yeah moon knight was awesome i really loved 
like you said, I think Harrow was one of those people that I didn't know how I would feel about going in because I was like, ah, there's no way that this dude's like the, the, the big villain. But then I was like, it's Ethan Hawke. Like, they're not just going to bring him in for two episodes and somebody yeah. else is going to take over and be the big villain, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed the process of, you know, understanding what Harrow was all about because he's one of those characters in the comics that's in, like, a few issues. Like, he's not somebody that's a mainstay. Yeah, so typical so Marvel. it's like a typical Marvel move to take somebody from, you know, like, He Who Remains, who's very very much so like not yeah. in the comics at agatha. all agatha take these characters and turn them into something that's really cool and really fun to experience and uh, turning him into like this cult leader was amazing to see so uh this was fun very fun what did you think about the portrayal of um you know the the ship in the underworld and the field of reeds and Ultimately, the, you know, the representation of a mental, you know, institution for the kind of semi-temporary purgatory. Like, what was your, once you figured out kind of what was going on, for the most part, Mm -hmm. um, how did you feel about all that? I think they executed that perfectly. Like, because they explained pretty much what was going on. Um, And just when you're, like, a little too confused about what's going on and you don't really know there's some sort of explanation that they kind of throw out there you know like um when he's in the mental institution i think in like episode what three or four uh and then you get that scene where it's where it is like busted through the doors uh and you're like oh my god like what is this what is going on she's like oh yeah this is basically like purgatory and you're in a place that you're basically thinking you should be in and you kind of so like i think that they did this very well like they did the setup of jake lockley being there very well because it's not he doesn't bust through you see the the coffin and it's moving but they're like "Eh, i don't know about that and they just kind of like move past it and so it's very cool to see all of these little tie-ins, all of the little seeds planted along the way. Um, but at the same time, they're not like completely disorienting you while they are like, they are definitely taking you from one place to another very abruptly, but they're kind of explaining things along the way. And I think that that's the perfect way to do things. It's kind of like when we talk about the multiverse and when we were talking about this stuff last year, you know, we were talking about, oh, how do you simplify things for, you know, the, the casual fans who make up a, a vast majority of the market for this stuff? I think that this show kind of shows you actually how you can take that same thing and kind of turn it into, you know, when we get to the multiverse, when we get to like incursions and things like that in the future. They, they did a really good job of... N- getting out there with their concept, but also bringing it into reality and explaining it to where you're not completely lost and confused. So yeah, I think they did a really good job. Yeah. I'm in a place where I'm admittedly either really confused or not at all. And I'm not sure depending on how they, you know, if they ever do decide to like tell us exactly how that worked, maybe we'll get like a director screenwriter or something to kind of, 
later on give us the final what his interpretation was but mm -hmm. basically i'm kind of just going to operate again with the assumption that that underworld you know passage place was just a place that was completely made up in his brain along with the um the gods in an effort to discover the truth and pass to the field of reeds and that's it mm. however once um once everything was like done and harrow was accosted and then he goes back to there i'm still if i'm correct i'm just thinking that that was the final what would the word be um like if you break up with somebody you get your uh like your grievance no like the you you, you tie it up you Oh, you come I back and I just you know think of it right now. whatever it is where you kind of go back. Yeah, you get your closure with that. Yeah, temporary purgatory, and then they woke back up in their you know their room. Uh, um, I don't know what happened and how they got Harrow to everything else or or whatever, or if they were just dreaming about that last sequence. If any of those are the case, then I know what happened. Yeah. If it's not the case and they explain it a different way later on. Then I was confused, so I'm I, see, okay is, with whatever. I think this is where this is interesting because I think we both looked at it completely differently, and uh, I thought it was I thought it was explained that the underworld was real, that they are both going traveling through this underworld, in, yeah. in real time. Like this is something that they are actually because like it, it's set in stone, like he's dead, and this is like his final judgment basically um, as to if he gets to embrace that afterlife that's glorious and yeah I'm you with know. you up till now but um, yeah so I think that that was real the purgatory thing was kind of cool because it was like he was in this place that he envisioned himself being in because he knows he's crazy so purgatory would be like kind of like that like it's not great but it's not you know, you're not, you're, you're in between. And I think that that was represented pretty well. Um, the thing where I think it got confusing was their hearts being out of balance and them just being two complete different entities in the underworld. And it's because it's his own manifestation. He's not being true with himself. He's not addressing why he has created Steven, you know, he's repressing all of these memories and, you know, it's kind of like a metaphor for like when you die, you know, you want to have closure, like you said, with everything that you've done through your life. You don't want to have regrets when you die. You don't want to have any of that. And like, I think his biggest regret is that like, you know, he's created this Steven as a way of dealing with and, and shutting away a certain part of his life and uh that certain part of his life actually ended up molding him into the person that he is anyways so it's like it's it's very it can be very confusing but yeah i think that the underworld was a real thing it wasn't some like facade when you get to the end with harrow the way that i kind of chose to look at that is that like 
uh, it's kind of like that. Um, they wanted to be like jarring for the sake of it, just because the show has kind of been that way. And you're kind of seeing now that like Mark and Steven have, you know, they have, uh, had the closure together. So there's no separate thing going on. Now it's on Harrow. Like it's flipped on its ear. Now it's on Harrow's judgment. And so that's why it's like, Oh, like, wait, why are you back in the asylum? And then you see him bleeding and like, he's not the therapist that was in the purgatory dream of, of Mark and Steven. Like now it's him that's like kind of going through that process or about to. Um, so yeah, I thought that that was very, uh, I can, I can see how people could be very, very confused, but I also feel like they kind of, um, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where I think with, with a show like this, you can't be on the nose and that's, what's frustrating. Like you can't, ex- you, you can't explain every detail. You have to just kind of let things play out. And, um, I don't know. I, I think that they did a good job of explaining when they needed to. And yeah, that was just my interpretation of, of what was going on is that yeah, towards that ending scene with Harrow, and uh mark and steven it's like they've conquered their their demons basically and that's like the closure scene that they have is that harrow that they're not crazy anymore that this is something that was created out of necessity for survival um at least for the time for mark as a kid um and uh yeah i think that they did it in a, in a very good manner for me so yeah i mean i i agree that the underworld thing was totally real and happening to me everybody well she said everybody goes to a different place so mm-hmm. to me the place was still happening within his head with the gods basically you internalize it within your soul or whatever word you want to use mm-hmm. um and then you pass through the underworld as you'd go on this internal journey if needed um, so I th- we agree with that, but was Harrow actually there and moving and making conscious decisions as the therapist? I don't believe no. that's the case. No. And to me, that then that doesn't make it real. That mm. was imagined by Stephen and Mark. Yeah, um, totally. And because, so yeah, Harrow's their their perception of Harrow because of Kanshu and because of their own. Um, their own feelings towards the situation in real time, like when they're fighting Harrow and they see that Harrow's bad, you know, and is a avatar of Emmett, like when they, so so like when he's in that purgatory, it would make sense that he's the therapist for them. It makes because, total sense. Yeah. I just think it's yeah, their so brain it's their... that's making all this happen within yeah, their brain. Totally, is. a physical place no. because the the ship that they're on is the same thing as the purgatory place that they just happen to open a door and go into so to me it's their brain turning on and off the reality which is the ship which is a weird reality but a reality nonetheless (laughs) and this little purgatory thing where their brain's trying to cycle through memories and stuff and harrow is just a figment of their imagination Mm -hmm. 
Um, the one part you kind of acknowledge that the last scene doesn't really make sense that much um, with them going back to back to the therapist, other than kind of them reconquering their issues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if it really is a purgatory, they are alive when they go back to that scene at the end. Mm -hmm. So to I, me, it would have to be symbolic of a dream version of the real version that to me was happening in their brain. And then they wake up because yeah, there's totally is. Yeah there's, yeah. there's no way for both of those things to be true. No. You know, no. so that's where it was like you have to do a little bit of arithmetic to like yeah. if you even yeah. care, you yeah. know. Yeah. You might not want to add that up and figure out what's going on. You might just be like, oh, this is a cool dream sequence, and then that would be the end of the conversation. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I was – initially I was trying to make sense of it, and I'm not sure that was supposed to have any sense other than just that was what they were thinking of at the time because yeah. the it kind of gives you this weird payoff of the glass in the sandals, and I don't exactly know what they meant with that one, but – Nonetheless, it showed that it was the guy that was putting on the sandals, you know, in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like you said, not a licensed therapist with a. Yeah. Maybe in the final scene, his diploma disappears. Like, I don't know. I didn't follow <laughs> that closely. Yeah. But it was, it was a lot of mental gymnastics that I decided to take. If you don't take those and you just kind of watch it for what it is, you might find more enjoyment. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's up to each viewer to interpret how they how they want to yeah and like the 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 cool thing about these characters and stuff like that is that they each represent something right like uh you know like me and some coworkers were actually talking about this the other day like you know um how captain america is like a cool character but he's also like super self-righteous so there's a lot of people that are like eh, captain america is okay but he's not like the best you know or uh, same thing with Cyclops from the X-Men because he's like the same way, which is why they're kind of like close. Yeah, I don't that, like Cyclops. In that <laughs> regard because they're both the same essentially in a sense. Um. So yeah, like you can kind of pick and choose, you know, what you like and what you don't like or, or whatever. And like for a lot of people like myself, like this show was amazing and it was everything and it was like, the best show that we've seen so far and for others they're like i don't know what i just watched <laughs> so um you want to hear the rotten tomatoes review rotten tomatoes review of moon knight yeah what do you think it is percentage wise audience score right? no critic score critic score um i would say it's probably not good why i don't know i feel like the critics probably wouldn't be they give marvel scores are really really high every maybe time maybe i just don't pay attention i don't think any marvel maybe Etern eternals might have gotten a low one but i don't think any of the marvel movies below like 77 really up okay. until now okay uh so with that knowledge i would say probably like a 80 87 not wow wow okay. they said cool. uh the little blurb is its entertainment value may wax and wane a bit but moon knight ultimately settles into a mostly enjoyable and refreshingly weird spot in the mcu firmament whatever that means mm, yeah i mean that's um, spot on really close to the audience score of 92 wow so See, i thought the audience score would close. be super low on moon knight <clears throat> I did. I thought people like just judging from comments and stuff that I'd seen on Twitter and all over in other places, like people 
just were not very happy with it. In comparison, what do you think Loki was for the critic score? For the critic score, I mm-hmm. think probably like God, probably like a ninety-one. If Moon Knight's ninety-two, yeah. and the audience score was ninety-one. Yeah, yeah. So um, basically the same for audience, and just a tiny bit better for which makes um, sense critics. because I think of it, of the shows. They're the two that are the most similar, even though they're really not similar at all. They're the two that are the most similar, just because they have these weird sequences where you don't, you're like, whoa, what just happened? Like, what is that? Where does this go? Where does this lead? By uh, the way, so WandaVision, 91%. Critics? Um, critics, okay. 88% audience. So Interesting. Marvel's been hitting home runs with critics. Um, and, yeah, and their audience, too. Their audience is enjoying this stuff. Hawkeye, so. 92%. Wow. I know. It's, wow. it's pretty crazy. What was the audience score on, on Hawkeye? Uh, 91. Really? Yep. Wow. And then we had Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, see, this one I think would be the turn because this is the one I've seen the most hate for, to be honest, of and the series. You're not wrong, but you're off by 2%. It's 86% critics, 84% uh, on audience. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all 86 or higher, which, which is, is still absolutely amazing. incredible. Yeah, because that's pff, nobody wow. guaranteed that these TV shows were going to be like amazing coming in. No, um, we weren't sure what to expect. And, and by the way, I mean, I do have Falcon and the Winter Soldier of all the shows like at the lowest, but it's not bad. Like I loved Falcon. And oh, the Winter yeah, Soldier. It, was it was solid. A great show. It's just that these other shows have just done something that's different. That's really incredible. Yeah. Like all of them are 86 and above. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's like a lot of pressure too. Whoever's coming after them. Uh, who is it? Is up, it Miss Marvel or She Hulk? I think it's Miss Marvel, right? We we check this thing all the time, all the time. and it's and hard to remember because there's so much coming out. <laughs> yeah. And the movie's kind of coming up or upstaging oh, some of oh, the. Oh, for sure. I mean, we're getting four in like two months. Two months. And Moon Knight did a good job of distracting me because I I, I completely forgot. Like Doctor Strange was like this close, yeah. Up same. until like a week ago, yeah. Um, I think think Miss Marvel, considering it has an official trailer, and I don't think anything else does. So <laughs> yeah, 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 that would make the most sense. Yeah, and Agatha's got her TV show eventually now, so that's cool. We can add that to the yeah. And I think what's list. really cool too is that Miss Marvel is probably going to be up there as well. It's not, it's going to have a good score, and and I think that that. Not that that means anything. It's just that I think that it's Miss Marvel has become like one of the most popular characters in Marvel, like comics. Mm-hmm. Like so, people really like her a lot. So I'm 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 excited to see what they do with this show, man. Like I, I think it's gonna be one of the better ones too. It's once again, it's just gonna be different. It's gonna be a different approach. It's gonna be a different thing. They're not gonna be very comparable, and I think that's awesome about these shows. Like, what if got ninety four percent? By the way, oh yeah, what if was That's probably crazy. one of the best shows. Believe it or not, out Mo- there. Moon Knight has the lowest score for IMDb by far. Oh wow, yeah. So, you know, it's to each their own, mm-hmm. and I could definitely see watching this show. And, and like they said, that if there were some people, I've seen, you know, social media is, is so not reality at all. Um, (laughs) but they are very loud and some people just basically said the same thing that I think they always say really like oh we get like 
four minutes of screen time for Moon Knight in a Moon Knight series. And it's like, well, I didn't know who Moon Knight was. Yeah. So if he just jumped, like, let's say the first scene was just like him beating up some Titanic monster. And then, you know, it builds up to the, the uh, actual character in the first two episodes. And then he goes on a journey as Moon Knight. It's like, that's not nearly enough time for me to ingratiate myself with the character. No. So yeah. why would I care? You know, that was like, if I've had criticisms with Marvel movies, it's mostly been, you know, I don't really have strong feelings about a character yet. So if you can get me to care about the character, the superhero is the easy part. Yeah. Like I'll watch Moon Knight kick butt for two hours, sure, but that's not going to get me back. You know, it's, what gets me back is the story. It's the heaviest criticism of Captain Marvel. You know, that like you don't really have enough time to develop an emotional attachment to Carol right. Danvers enough to, you know, when you get to those scenes. And, and don't get me wrong, once again, like Captain Marvel is awesome. Like, Eternal when we rewatched the same it, fate. Yeah, when we rewatched Captain Marvel, like I was blown away once again by like just how awesome it looked. Like they were killing it. Uh, to be honest, I don't know that the CG and the current stuff that we're getting right now is even close to some of the stuff that we had in Captain Marvel. Like, visually, Captain Marvel looked amazing. And the fight scenes were awesome. The The power-up scenes were amazing. And like you said, like, but that's the easy part of doing a superhero. Yeah. Those, those, so, will, those will pop no matter what. Yeah, for if sure. If you can get me to care about a character. Yeah, that's that's what matters. That's why Avengers Endgame and Infinity War did so well, because so yeah. many people cared about so many different characters. You know? Like... What, what was our what was our our betting thing when we were going in to see Endgame? Like, who's gonna die? Is it Tony yeah, Stark? Tony it, Stark you know, or, or Chris Evans? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Steve Rogers. Captain America. You know. Yeah. Steve so Rogers. like, yeah, you have to be able to care about these characters, and I think that Moon Knight did a spectacular job of that. You know, it's the same kind of criticisms that you know are received with Star Wars as well. It's like, you know. In some ways, it's rightfully so because Star Wars just hasn't really, to me, made you really feel anything for certain characters at all. But, like, you know, uh, that's a whole different thing. Star <laughs> Marvel Wars had to kill some characters because they started dying in real life because it's been so oh, freaking sure. long since they yeah. made their originals. Yeah. Uh, but with Marvel, it's... I don't... I don't know. I don't see them... I don't even see them slowing down. There's some people out there that are thinking that like Phase Four is is mid. Phase Dude, Four we got is bad. Agatha TV show coming out. Like yeah. no, no, the train's not slowing down. Did no. you know who Agatha Harkness was yeah. three years ago, Mr. Right. Facebook commenter? Yeah, it's crazy, man. It, it's so crazy. It's like everybody wants in-game every movie now, and it's like you have to build something first, you know. And uh, we're in a new era, so this is fun. Yeah, we're we're getting so spread out and there's so many branches and Feige's going to have an exploded head by 2025. Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to keep all this on, on track and in the same spider web, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, this was a really enjoyable series. Uh, I had so much fun watching it, covering it, discussing it. And it just, each time you're like, man, they keep getting more and more detailed they keep getting, you know, cooler journeys and different topics that you didn't think they'd broach. And, 
you just don't know what's next and it really makes you excited for all the ones to come and you know there's never going to be a day where we can stop and, and take a breath anymore so no it's just kind of enjoy the ride um yeah, this is going to be fun man and when we got when we do talk about dr strange like that's a whole other yeah that's a whole other thing man like it's just we're leading down crazier. so many paths and <laughs> you know a lot of these shows have nothing to do with the multiverse or anything they're just buffering up you know their earth and mm -hmm. their world or galaxy or whatever you want to say um but i guess it's, it sounds like to me that it was high expectations for you and it delivered at least hit the marks yeah, yeah. It, it totally delivered and it gave me a little more than i expected so that's awesome i loved it i absolutely loved it is there anything that you caught um, that you feel like they could have delivered a little bit more that we haven't discussed already? Is there something that you'd like to see for him moving forward or Layla or what's, you know, fit all that into a box of where you want to see this going and if there's anything you want to see maybe improved for the next story? Well, they did introduce us to the Scarlet Scarab and I think that that's really cool. Uh, and how she fits into all of this is going to be interesting to see. Uh, but I think going forward, because um, there's really, I don't think there's really anything I would have changed about the series. I think they did a phenomenal job telling the story that they wanted to, and they just really hit a home run with it. Um, but going forward, I want to see Moon Knight at like full, full, full power. Like full, because I don't think people realize how powerful he truly is. And we saw like, not even a fraction of a percentage of what his power is. We haven't seen is. anything. We haven't really seen it. They didn't show us any of the fight yeah. scenes that were actually brutal. <laughs> no. And and I think that that was intentional because when well, yeah, we yeah. get to that, the it's going to be crazy. Yeah. It's going like, to be insane. Yeah, there's been no like real gore so yeah. far because it was all just like imagined. I mean, when you get to like the comics universe of how powerful Moon Knight is, like. In the comics, he takes the powers of Danny Rand and he becomes like basically like a second Iron Fist in his own way, which is supremely powerful for giving somebody like Moon Knight that power. Um, but then he takes Doctor Strange's powers. Uh, he I can't remember everybody else's powers that he takes, but he takes like an insane like insane amount of people's powers and like becomes this like god tier antihero that's just crazy strong like um and then you get into the multiverse stuff right so what i would like to see in the future is um i don't know maybe uh Kanshu Kanshu taps into mark or something like that where we have an incursion event um and there's a universe collapsing in on ours and the 616 universe and like Mark and Steven don't want to make that play. They don't want to kill off the other universe to save ours because it's immoral and it's wrong. And they feel like, well, we've already gotten past Khonshu, so there's no reason to. But then Khonshu's like, wait, no, you didn't. And then Jake harnesses the power from both moons of both universes to annihilate the other universe. I think that would be kind of cool to see. Like, I'm down. Uh, yeah, for sure. That'd be exciting. Yeah. Um, I would, I would love, I just, I'm looking forward to seeing the interaction of Moon Knight with other characters. Cause I don't, I don't buy it yet. Like yeah, me too. good luck. Um, 
and seeing like Jake as like this villainous character who doesn't kill good people, but like is probably killing people he maybe mm-hmm. shouldn't, mm-hmm. and juxtaposing that with Steven, who's this guy that can fight a little bit now, now that he has belief in himself, but is really just a dude that wants to walk the streets and avoid confrontation. And then Mark, who's supposed to be the, you know, the main head of this snake that's trying to keep his life balanced and a wife happy and, yeah. you know, all this uh, regular Joe stuff and trying to get out of the life of assassin. Seeing those three paths collide consistently is going to be really fun to watch. And Very. I'm cool with whatever stories we get. Um, and as you said, interacting with other characters, you know, like if we do get like a Robbie Reyes or something like that, where you have a similar situation, whereas like the Ghost Rider, he's a completely different person, different being than he is when he's not. And, you know, how he interacts with Blade or whoever else you throw in there, Doctor Strange, it's going to be fun to see how he interacts. I, that's, oh, yeah. that's the most under underrated aspect for me right now is like, oh, I completely forgot. He's probably going to be interacting with other people now. Like, that's going to be fun. There will be plenty of Moon Knight discussions in our future, and it will be a lot of fun to have those. Uh, my, as of now, dream fight is uh, Jake Lockley Moon Knight up against full power of the Ten Rings Shang-Chi. Ooh. That is my my yeah. fantasy booking scenario <laughs> for the moment with a very limited knowledge. So yeah. I'm going to manifest that. There you go. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us uh, for this episode, the finale review of Moon Knight. And if you are still listening to this, we appreciate you um, listening and hanging out with us. We will have the Doctor Strange uh, 2 review up and posted by the time you're hearing this, um, at least the end of it. <laughs> we'll be working on it right after if you're listening to it when it first comes out. But we appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you again very soon. Bye.